Hello and good morning once again. I'm Pastor George Goins of Macedonia Baptist Church and uh, glad to be with you again once again this morning. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. We're supposed to have some pretty weather this week. I'm very grateful for that. We've definitely had our share of some uh, rough weather and uh, but it is winter time and we should expect that and uh, but we're very grateful to have this wonderful weather that the Lord's given us and may warm up a little bit and we kind of feel like a little bit of spring kind of, I don't know it's amazing to me how that when we have sunshine how it just kind of changes your whole attitude you know when it's uh, when it's kind of cloudy and doomy you know it just kind of just discourages you and you kind of get I guess depressed you know but when that sunshine pops up man it just kind of gives you life you know I'm just thankful for it which reminds me not only does the physical sun give us life and and changes our attitude but the the spiritual son the son of god can do the same thing in your life he can change everything in your life i'm so grateful that i serve a god you know that hears me and that uh loves me and uh will do his best as a father for me uh, even if i don't understand it he, he just knows, and he's good at what he does. And so I'm just grateful that I serve a God that's real and uh, that he wants to be a part of our lives. And it's exciting. It's exciting to see what he does in our lives and how he moves in our lives and in our family and our friends. So God is good. There is no doubt in my mind about that. We've had, uh, we've had a little project going on here at the church for the last uh, few weeks here. They've been putting a new roof on for us. We had some damage back in June of um, last year when we had the the storms that came through the the tornadoes and stuff that came through and uh, we had some damage and finally praise the Lord <clears throat> we were able to get through all the insurance and and to get us a, a roofing company that would come out and uh, and place the roof on and they have done an exceptional job I would recommend them to anybody uh, near me roofing I believe they're out of Texarkana their home their office is uh, but they had they've done a, a, an exceptional job and uh, we we appreciate them and what they've done and they're just about done I think they, they have just a little bit of, of, of some other things that they have to try to finish up on but uh, but it really looks nice I'm telling you this roof is cool so we're excited about that but other than that you know we really haven't had a whole lot going on I have a, have a daughter that's fixing to have a baby so they've had a couple of baby showers uh but um but other than that we're just kind of we're kind of just set, set in for the winter uh months here for probably another month and then uh things will start picking back up again and we'll take off but it doesn't mean that that things have slowed down in the church because we've we man i'm telling you things have been happening uh in the church our services have been great god's been good we're seeing god do some great things in people's lives and uh, we we are experiencing some valleys, uh, but uh, God is going to take us through the valley. <coughs> yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. And He is; He's with us, so He's going to help us. Um, I would ask you though. I, I I was contemplating whether or not to do this, but I think it's important. But um, I would ask that you'd pray. That you'd pray for for me and my family. We we are uh, in a little valley right now. And uh, God is in control, and and we're we're expecting God to do uh, something great through this. 
So just pray for me. If you think about it, just pray for Brother George at Macedonia and his family and uh, the need that's going on. And, um, and you know, maybe later on I'll share more about it to you. But uh, we just need your prayers. If you love the Lord, and uh, I covet your prayers. I do. Just just talk to him about us, if you would. And, um, and I, I think as many people that praise, the better, you know. So God is good. And, I, and uh, of course, I want to pray for you today, too, as well. And I'll do that later on. And uh, I know that there are other people that have needs. There's even people in our church. We have several folks that are going through some battles. And uh, we just want to pray for them, too, and continue to pray for them that God will deliver them through that valley that they're going through as well. A great song that I love, um, which most of you know, and it's called Victory in Jesus. And there truly is victory in Jesus. If somebody out there is listening and you have never experienced the love of Christ, in your life, you can. And uh, I'm telling you, you're missing something that will change your life. And you say, Brother George, how can I have the love of Christ? Just call upon his name. Call upon Jesus and ask him to to uh, fill your life with him. And he will. He'll come in into your life and he can change your life. Listen, folks, I don't know how people do it without him. Uh, I don't know how I did it without him. Of course, I was just a young young lad uh, when when uh, when I come to know the Lord but um, I'm telling you I don't know how people do it without the Lord in their life with all the battles that we have to deal with in this world so call on him call on him the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved so call on him and let him change your life let me sing this song for you real quick okay I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning Of His precious blood atoning then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is due Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about His healing, of His cleansing power revealing. How he made the lame to walk again And cause the blind to see And then I cried, dear Jesus Come and heal my broken spirit And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He's bought me, and He bought me with His redeeming blood. 
loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea, about the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. What a great song that is. Boy, if that don't pick you up and perk you up, then uh, maybe you just need some more Jesus in you, you know, because that is a great, great song, and I'm grateful to be able to share that this morning. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 5, so if you would, while I put this guitar down, if you'll turn to Luke chapter 5 for me, and we're going to look at verse number 1. There is victory in Jesus. Yes, there is. And I'm grateful. Yeah, Luke chapter 5. Hopefully you have found your place there. I want to read. There's, there's 11 verses here, and I want to read them to you. It's a story here about Peter, and we're going to see... Uh, a Peter's spiritual journey here. So in verse 1 it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land and he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship now when he had left speaking or stopped speaking he said unto simon launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught another for a catch and simon answered and said unto him master we have toiled all night and have taken nothing nevertheless at thy word i will let down the net and when they had uh, this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should uh, come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the son of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ship to land, they forsook all 
and followed him. Really cool passage of scripture here uh, of this story of what would take place and that would change these men's lives and, and, and would change future people's lives because of these three men, Peter and, and James and John. And there may even been others that were there that uh, would have witnessed this miracle. Of course, I'm sure there, was, there were people there because Jesus was teaching to them. So they all got to see the miracle. And I'm sure many lives were changed that day as Peter and James and John but we're going to look here at uh, Peter's spiritual journey. <coughs> I remember years, many years ago. Oh, my goodness, I couldn't even tell you how long. It's been a while back. But um, my first trip to the Grand Canyon. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, it's an astonishing place. It's, it's just a, it's a place of beauty. It's a place of amazement. I mean, when you see it, it's breathtaking. Uh, you can't help but think that there's a God when you see it. But I remember as we were driving to the, the Grand Canyon, of course, you know, it's in Arizona. It's in the northwest uh, part of Arizona and uh, bordering even uh, Utah. And I remember as we were driving uh, out to the Grand Canyon, and it was just desert. That's what it was. It was just desert land. I mean, you're, you see some mountains from the distance when you're driving down this highway, but on the right and the left, it's just desert and uh, cactuses and scruggly old trees and bushes. And, you know, it was just a lot of sand, that kind of thing. It was just desert. And, you know, I remember anticipating because they were saying that there's a, there's a south rim. You know, they were describing it to us that we'll drive and you'll finally... Uh, you'll get to a place where you'll start seeing trees instead of all of the scrubby old bushes and stuff. You'll start seeing trees, and then there's beyond that, there's a big hole and uh, called the South Rim. And so I remember anticipating the approach. And then, of course, the first time ever seeing and looking over the edge of the Grand Canyon. And I, I'm telling you, folks, the first time I seen it, I cried. Because it is so breathtaking when you see it and you're amazed of how powerful our God is. And you can't help but think that there's a God when you see it. It's just amazing the place uh, that they call the Grand Canyon. It was a spiritual experience for me and uh, uh, that I'll never forget. And I've been back there five different times. So uh, I've actually got to walk inside the canyon the hike down in the canyon is beautiful, and it's just an amazing, very breathtaking, and it's a spiritual experience. <clears throat> you know, do you remember back when, when you met Jesus for the first time? You know, of course, it was an amazing experience, too. I was 12 years of age. I was in Mesquite, Texas at Macedonia Baptist Church. And uh, I remember when the invitation was given going to the altar. To this day, I remember asking Jesus to save me, that I didn't want to go to hell. And it was an amazing experience. My life at that point, before that point, was nothing. But I anticipated the invitation. And I can remember thinking, uh, you know, to the preacher, I wish you would quit talking and, and begin the invitation so that I can come and be saved And, of course, Christ saved me that day and changed my life. It was a spiritual experience. So let's look at Peter's spiritual experience here 
in this at, in this passage that we just read. Not only him, but of course many others, I'm sure, other than James and John, were touched by Jesus on this particular day. So we're going to look at some thoughts here. Number one, we're going to look at a new faith. Peter had uh, was g- going to gain a new faith. Now, I'm sure that Peter, as a Jew, believed in God, but he had not had an experience with his son, Jesus. And here he was going to have an experience. And it's not his first experience. Um, we see that Jesus would call for Peter's involvement here in the verse first three verses here. Uh, Jesus, as I said, this is not his first experience to be around Jesus, but this was his first experience to experience the miracle and the, that only God could perform. Uh, this would be that first moment that would actually draw him to Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, his brother, uh, Andrew, would introduce Peter to Christ. And we see that in John chapter 1, where he says, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, that's that's Peter's name, and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus heard, uh, beheld him, he said, thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. So it would. This was not his first experience here in Luke chapter five, but you know, obviously Andrew, his brother, was concerned. He was a disciple of John the Baptist, and he was concerned about his brother Peter. Wanted his brother Peter to also experience what they what they considered the Messiah, the anointed one that would be sent from God to. To save his people and so he would be introduced there <clears throat> jesus of course in this at this in this story that we're in would use peter's boat as a pulpit you can see that in verse here um it says in verse number one he says and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of god so they the a multitude would gather around jesus to hear the word of god and he obviously was in a place where he wasn't couldn't be elevated to where he could speak uh, it says he stood by the lake of Gisenerat, which is the lake that they were fishing at, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. In other words, they'd already been fishing, um, so you know the boats were empty. Then he says he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, which was Peter, and prayed with him, or I'm sorry, and prayed him that he would thrust out the uh, a little from the land and sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So the people had just you know, wanted to hear from this man, Jesus, and they were all around him, even to a point to where he couldn't speak. So he found uh, Peter's boat on the on the banks and and he got on it and he asked Peter to, to you know, push it out a little ways. And then he sat down and he began to teach the people. So Jesus was uh, uh, would use Peter's boat as a pulpit, so to speak. And um and so Jesus was was laying claim on Peter even because he pointed out Peter's boat. And then he also began by using Peter's ability and skills. And you'll see that as we continue with this with this message. Uh, Peter's, of course, world would be shaken by what Jesus does. Peter would be brought even to his knees. Uh, Peter would have a, a spiritual experience through this encounter 
with Jesus on his boat here. So it kind of reminds me of how when you think back in your own life before you come to know Christ, uh, how that how that the Lord orchestrated everything and brought everything together so that you could be properly introduced to Jesus Christ. And uh, that's what he does. And he uh, sometimes even uses our abilities and our our, our skills uh, to do that. And as he did with Peter, because Peter was a fisherman. And so uh, Jesus, of course, was was calling for Peter's involvement, but also Jesus would reveal his true identity to Peter and, and of course, even the ones that were around as well. In verse 4, you can see here, let me turn my page here. In verse 4, now when... Uh, excuse me, he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a draught. Now the the word draught actually means it caught. Uh, In other words, you're going to go out and you're going to let your nets down. You're going to catch some fish is what he was saying. Okay. So Jesus asked Peter to, to go fish, go fishing. You know, go out into the deep. He done gotten through talking to the people. And maybe and maybe the Lord Jesus was thinking about the people. Maybe it was time for a lunch. I don't know. But I know he had more in this that he was going to have. Uh, he was going to establish a spiritual uh, lesson here for all of those that were around. So he said, you go out into the deep where the water's deeper and then let down your net. And then we see that Peter had a response to that. It says in Simon, verse 5, And Simon answered, said unto him, Master, we've told all night long and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. So what did Peter say? And Peter said, hey, look, Lord, we, we, have, we have been fishing all night long. That's why we're on the bank here. We're cleaning up our nets. We're done for the day. And, and we've caught nothing. I mean, nothing. Now, I know I'm a fisherman. I love to fish. I know how that feels. You've worked all day long trying to catch fish, and you have caught nothing. It is kind of depressing. It is. You have worked hard, and you've tried every trick in the book that you know to do to catch fish, and you just can't seem to catch anything, and you don't catch anything. So it is kind of disappointing, you know? So that's what he was telling Jesus. We've done this already. We've already been out. We've already been fishing. But I want you to notice how how he addresses Jesus as master, which actually this is interpreted as a commander. So he's already looking to Jesus. So I'm sure he heard what Jesus said and maybe was uh, was curious about him. And that obviously he was someone maybe of a, you know, that had uh, a lot of authority, you know. And, And so he says, commander, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, he said, at thy word, I will let down the net. So Peter's response was, is that I'll do it. But I just want you to know that we hadn't caught anything. So I don't really think this is going to work. Okay. But Jesus, of course, he had, you know, Jesus had Peter's boat and now he wanted his nets and his will. And he did. And he accomplished that as well. And, you know, it's, it's amazing because Jesus does not call the able, the ones that are available. Let me put it that way. Jesus calls those who are available, not able, I'm sorry, available, but able. Jesus does, let me just say this again. Jesus does not call the able, he calls the available. Okay, so he wants us to be available so that he can call on us 
And, and, you know, and, and you say, well, I'm not qualified. Well, he can qualify you to do whatever. So just remember, Jesus, um, he doesn't give us impossible commands. He gives us things that, that, can, that can be done. And, uh, of course, Peter would finally discover this when, when he finally obeyed. So what was the result? So Jesus comes on board there, his boat, uses his boat. He's preaching to the people. He gets down preaching. <clears throat> he tells Peter, get in your boat take your nets and go out into the deep drop your nets and catch you're going to have you're going to catch some fish. And Peter's like, "No, we've been fishing all night and uh, we haven't caught anything, but if that's what you say to do, I will do it." And he did it. So what was the results? We see this huge number of fish that were caught. Look at verse number 6. And when they had done or that let me read it again. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. In other words, they, they had so many fish that the nets were breaking as they were trying to get the fish in. And it says, And they beckoned unto their partners, which would be James and John, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. So they're catching these fish. Peter and them are catching these fish, and there's so many that it's breaking the net, and they're filling up their boat. And they holler over to John and, and to James, uh, the sons of Zebedee, and say, Hey, partners, come here. We've got more fish than we can handle. And they come over, and they fill up their boat to the point that both boats were, would begin to sink. They had that much fish. I remember one time in my lifetime that we were fishing, and uh, I remember... <laughs> that we had so many fish that it filled the front part of the boat. I've never seen that many fish in all my life. And we were using nets. We were doing legally, and we were using nets. And I thought, man, I've never seen so many fish in all my life. And it did. It was so much weight in it that your boat was close to the edge of the water. It was amazing. So we see that the results was is that they caught a great number of fish. Remember this verse. When you go through a difficult time in life, and you think that there's no hope, okay? Remember that there's nothing that's impossible with God. And Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. So we see Peter's new faith. Now let's look at Peter's new awareness. Verse 8 and 9, he will recognize, first of all, his personal depravity look at verse 9 for he was astonished this is peter and all that were with him all, everybody they were all amazed at this because they've been fishing all night and hadn't caught anything at the draught of the fishes which they had taken and so was also james and john the son of zebedee which were partners with simon and jesus said unto simon fear not from henceforth that's i'm sorry i read the wrong verse i think here. No, I didn't. I'm, I'm right. I'm right. So he says, henceforth thou shalt catch men. No, it's verse 8. That's where I'm sorry. I, I, missed, I missed the verse. Okay. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So he, he recognizes his personal depravity, and we all have to come to that place in our life where we know and understand that we are helpless without the Lord Jesus in our life. Peter recognized the, the presence of God. He was astonished that only God could have done this, and that, that obviously this man Jesus is of God. 
And uh, so Peter, as, he, as I said, he, he recognized his own depravity. And he says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord, which means supreme in authority. So being in the presence of God does put everything in perspective, and it does. When you're in the presence of God, it does. Yesterday at church, and I'm about to run out of time. I'm going to try to hurry up. But yesterday at church, we had a phenomenal, a, a phenomenal day. I'm sorry, on Sunday, not, not yesterday, but Sunday, we had a phenomenal day. It was one of those days where the Spirit of God came down, and, uh, and we felt the presence of God, and He did some great things that day. So it, when, when you're in the presence of God, it, you know, it just puts everything in perspective, and, um, and, and, and we see the divine greatness of God that shows our littleness and our sinfulness and it wants us to, and it makes us want to push out those impurities. So, what what should be our res- response? We should repent, and commit to the Lord, and become very humble in His presence. Then we see the new life real quick in verse ten and eleven. I read them a while ago, and Jesus had had an invitation to a new life. He said, "Fear not; from henceforth, thou shalt catch men." You see, Jesus would transform Peter's life giving him a new attitude. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. Okay? And then a new day, meaning today, henceforth, today. Things change today from this point on. And then a new purpose. You're going to catch men. You're going to win souls for him. You're going to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And then a new life. And they forsook all, and they followed him. That's what it says in verse 11. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all, and they followed him. So in closing, let me just say this. With God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Don't ever think that it can't be done, because God can. I've seen some great miracles even today. The presence of God reveals our shortcoming, and it does. And then we need to respond by repenting and committing and and becoming humble to the Lord. And then the Lord can give you a new life, and He can. Just even the believers, from the believers and the non-believers. If you're a believer, He can change your life. He can can make your life and use you in ways that you think He could never use you. And as a non-believer, a person that doesn't believe in Christ, He can change your life too. If you'll just put your trust in Him and believe in Him, He'll give you hope. He'll give you security. He'll give you assurance. He'll give you love and grace. He'll do all those things. He'll come in and and be your Savior, and He'll change your life. Let me pray with you. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for these people that are listening in. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will touch our hearts and bring conviction to our hearts and help us to, to, to see our sinfulness and and Lord, to, to, to want to turn from that and repent from that and come to you. And there may be somebody here that's never, ever trusted you as Lord and Savior. I pray in the name of Jesus, you will touch their soul right now that they will come to know you. Please bless these folks. Bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, folks. Thank you again for listening. And Lord willing, I'll see you next week.